Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you know, I thought he was a lady. I thought he was a lady for the longest time. The music women? It, the, no. Meredith. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I think I realized it when Fun Home was on Broadway, and I looked up and was like, wait, we've had female writers before. What about Meredith Wilson? <laughs> she was here. She did she it did, all. She did everything. Nope. Totally wrong. No. And as if Meredith Wilson would write this show. <laughs> Like, if she was a female. Right? Exactly. You know like I mean? it's, yeah. Will somebody get us another drink? Welcome to Jim Atomic's Musical Theater Happy Hour, your weekly podcast with Coco and Codas. Hey, <laughs> what are you drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking a good old-fashioned Iowan sarsaparilla. I know. I was just going to have sarsaparilla as well. I don't think they actually drank anything else. Nope. That, in 1912 i think it, the only that was that was it uh, the only it was the great drink shortage of the aughts <laughs> and the the tens was all they exactly. all they had was sarsaparilla and i there'll probably be a music a musical coming out at some point soon called like sarsaparilla outs or something i don't know <laughs> it's just sarsaparilla about, exclamation about point yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't even. Uh, yeah, we talked about this before. I still don't know what it is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay, so tell me. Hey, we have a quiz question. We do. Hmm. Um. Would you like to hear it? I would love to. Nothing more. I would love nothing more. Like ninety-seven thousand people got this correct. Yeah. Uh, go figure. Uh, th- I know. We thought this was. Well, I thought this was going to be like. A, <laughs> <laughs> see, you didn't know this one either. I asked you this. I question. didn't. I know. I didn't. <laughs> so if you got this question right, you're smarter than Jimmy. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Which I think most people realize that they are anyway. That's true. Yeah, they get about halfway. But through I'm pretty good with math. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good with math. I'm awful at math. So, who's the real one? <laughs> okay, the movie version of this musical is one of Ron Howard. Uh, of Happy Days fame uh, is only singing roles. 
What musical? What musical is that, Jimmy? The Music Man. song called the music man right i he's the music i man. think that's fine i i think i i get we play this game i've played this game i learned it in college i don't know where it comes from but where when they say the title of the movie you go wink um and i always think it's a little trite um i hope you do that at all at all points but, uh, pretty much you know what i mean pretty much like in the cinema yeah like you know, actually like ah, they said the met, thing like, it's the it's they did the, the thing did everyone hear that they said the the thing like in rogue mm-hmm. one when they decide that the ship's gonna be named rogue one i turn over to my boyfriend and go wink yeah totally a thing <laughs> i still haven't seen that really did they say la la land and la la land uh, i don't know i fell asleep um cool <laughs> by the way that's doing really well i know What's going on? If you've you watched, it. Uh, uh, there's an SNL skit with Aziz Ansari where uh, he's arrested for not liking La La Land. That's I know. Me. I love him. He's great. That's, uh, uh, that's me, IRL. Um, <laughs> yeah. You, are you going to do a video about that? Or are we going to get your expose? Uh, maybe. We'll see. It's post-Oscars, mate. Maybe. They've, they've maybe, been, maybe around Oscars time. Who? They're tied for Titanic. I know. I know. It's a whole lot. Maybe I have to watch it again. I don't want to. I, I don't want to pull another Sunday. Um, I feel like we sh- feel like we should be happy because it's a musical. Yeah, like, I've still not seen it, so I'm not passing judgment yet. I'm, but, I'm happy about its um, existence. I think I have I have a running list of problems with it, but I I can't. Uh, it is difficult to weigh. Um, it was yeah. It was I had higher hopes that it did not fulfill. Okay, like my expectations uh-huh. going in were not fulfilled. Um, okay. but I don't know whether my expectations were too high or you know I'm just a, a curmudgeon. Curmudgeon, exceptional ACT word. word. Um, but we're talking <sighs> about the music man today. The music man. Um, okay, so what is the music man? T. What, what on earth? Uh, the music man is a what? A 1957 musical book, music, yep. and lyrics by Meredith Wilson, who's a guy, um, and uh, vastly uncredited Mrs. Wilson um, also helped him a whole bunch. And a guy named oh, nice. Franklin Lacey also helped out on the book. Um, mm-hmm. premiered in 1957, uh, played for several years, lots of performances, 13,000, per- 1300 performances, pardon me. Um, mm-hmm. one best musical beat out West Side Story for best musical infamously. Mm-hmm. Barbara Cook, Robert Preston won Tony Awards. Um, hugely successful movie. There was a 1980 revival with Dick Van Dyke and a bunch more revivals, one in 2003 with Craig Bierko. Uh, Disney has an infamous version of 2003, or yeah, 2003 with Matthew Broderick and Kristen Chenoweth. Uh, watch me, watch me sing about that in a, in an old, old musical theater mash video. Oh really? I've not seen that. Really? Oh, it's one of my favorites. It, do you do a Do you do a You got trouble? Yeah. Uh, well, either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge, or you're not aware of the caliber of disaster that was the 2003 made-for-TV version of The Music Man. <laughs> exactly. It's filled with I clever probably, puns. I guess probably all we'll see about that. <laughs> no, I have one more point. I have literally one more point. I, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I I I find this quote uh-huh. right in my non-Wikipedia usage uh-huh. of uh, this podcast. Um. 
and it is if Mark Twain could have collaborated with Vakal Lindsay, they may have devised a rhythmic lark like the Music Man, which is as American as apple pie and a Fourth of July oration. I think that, and I think that is very true. That is that is Music Man to a point. I mean, I love this show, and it is Americana the musical. Um, it literally, it literally is. It's it's if it's, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it you know, it it like starts on Flag Day and ends on Fourth of July, or maybe the other way around. I always get that confused. Other way around, um, but yeah. It, like it, it is you know both explicitly and implicitly about America and the American dream and American ideals. You know, it's mm-hmm. a con man coming to town who's making his way by selling a band to the boys in the town and like exactly you know, do good Iowa to keep them. Yeah, to keep them wholesome. Yeah, um, and it's it's the it's kind of like the real America. Yeah, like do you know? What I mean, it's not this like gritty New York urban America. <laughs> it's just I, pure I, I am so and pleased simple. that like your grand picture of America is just informed by like West Side Story and the Music Man in Oklahoma. Yeah, exactly. That's all it that's is. Basically, it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's, right. Got, I like... mean, when I went to New York, that's what I was dancing about. I don't know. I know what a couple of other people weren't, but I just figured yeah. they were a bit tired. Uh, um, we we should explicitly, in case you've gone this far without ever seeing the Music Man, um, which is like bizarre to me because I think I saw it for the first time when I was maybe three. Um, right. But we'll talk about that as well in a bit. Yeah. Um, so Harold Hill, Professor Harold Hill, mm-hmm. probably not a professor, actually not a professor. Not a real professor. Um, I think his real name's what, Jerry? Yeah, but it's like unimportant. Some of that. <laughs> um, he is a kind of con man, con businessman. Yeah. Kind of shystery entrepreneur. He's a traveling um, salesman. Traveling salesman. In, yeah. in a world a, of traveling a, salesmen. Exactly. Yeah, it seems like only traveling salesmen ride the trains these days. Basically, um, and he arrives in River City, yeah, Iowa. He's he's he, uh, he's got a scam. He's got a scam. He runs on a bunch of towns. Um, yeah, where he attempts to sell them a band, and then skips town before the band exists, and then cheats the people out of their money. Exactly. Um, it's kind of like School of Rock. It's, yeah, really. kind of like, yeah. When you think about it. Um, it's nice, not. Uh, <laughs> and amid all this, though, he, he meets um, Marion, the librarian. Mm-hmm. Great rhyming. And uh, they obviously fall in love obviously, because it's Americana. It's the musical. Yep. Um, and he, what, so, what does he say? He gets his foot stuck in the door. Um, he gets his foot stuck in the door. And that be- that's a beautiful little section of the Oh, it's, so, the it's show. one of the, the book of this musical. Is, I mean, the music's great. Yeah. The book is fabulous. Yeah, it's all very fab. Um, um, in fact, first segue of the night, Holmes. Meredith Wilson. Meredith Wilson. How how did they, he do it? I was gonna say they. <laughs> One person. How did he do it? Meredith um, Meredith Wilson, who like this is this is the thing he wrote. He's known for the Music Man. He wrote the book, music, and lyrics for the most part. Um, yeah. 
And that's it. He had, what else? The Unsinkable Molly Brown, but much less popular. He did The Unsinkable Molly Brown, and there was another one called, like, Here Now yeah, or which, something like which that. which I've never heard of outside of just yeah. doing research on uh, Meredith Wilson. Yeah, samers. Um, and Unsinkable Molly Brown is, like, fine. Yeah. It's a, it was never nearly successful. Okay. It was a, a big Debbie Reynolds hit um, mm-hmm. in its time. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I think she was the almost the star vehicle for yeah. it. Like, I think it was much more about Debbie Reynolds and much less about the musical mm-hmm. it, it certainly hasn't been so, revived very often mm-hmm. um so turns out i didn't realize this that he was egged on by frank lesser to put his story onto the stage and that this story is actually very autobiographical yeah i i knew it was very autobiographical i didn't know uh lesser was so involved until looking into this yeah exactly so um he obviously this was a time of guys and dolls mm-hmm. uh and Basically, he was just like, "Yep, you should, you should do this. You've got a great idea. You've got a good story." Because um, Meredith Wilson had quite a musical background, mm-hmm. um, and had actually worked with um, Sousa, who's known for like the he's the the poster boy for marching bands. Yeah. Um, and so this is, I mean, this is very much, you know, very much his life. Yeah. Um, and he another quote for you. Maybe we should start doing voices. <laughs> yeah. What voice are you going to do for this one? Uh, I'm not going to do it, but I'll do it in my voice. Um, and he says, the existence of the music man proves Somerset, what are we saying? Moem? Moem? Mogum? Mognum? Seems right. Mochum. There you go. Uh, Somerset Moems, or whatever, contention that anybody with a good memory can write down a story. I remember my childhood so well that each character in the show is not one but a composite of three or four different people. Yeah. Um, and I say that is very accurate to the film the characters are great yeah. i mean it, it is a love letter to middle america iowa um yeah like it it is through and through the in the in the same kind of nostalgic way as a christmas story is this kind of like mm-hmm. encapsulation of a feeling and an ideal of an american town and american ideal yeah yeah absolutely um in a part that took him six years to write mm-hmm. which is very cool uh and there's apparently he wrote forty songs. Yeah, which is crazy to of, me. I wish that. I wish more existed. There's a, there's a couple different. There's a I, I keep whenever I find it, I always lose where I hear about it. But there's a a vinyl, um, and it only exists on vinyl, which is why it's so hard to track down. Of mm-hmm. Meredith Wilson recounting how he wrote the Music Man and singing oh, wow. a bunch of songs and a couple like cut things from it like a little uh-huh. bit of inside scoop and i've only heard bits and pieces and the vinyl itself is very rare so it's not something i've ever had the chance to listen to all the way through but oh, the parts i've heard are fascinating yeah well i wonder because so this is its 60th year this year really um uh-huh and uh, yeah it was december 19th that, that makes was, sense. it yeah. opened in so i wonder if they'll do any little events is 60 something you say is kind yeah. of a, i mean it's i always think we need more more of the music man it has its problems but it, people love <clears> it <throat> i love it it's so much fun so maybe maybe this you know um record will get remounted or something and and released that would be great That'd be really cool yeah i'd be well into to listening to that because the thing is is like the the songs are so distinct from each other yeah. They're so, so distinct um, that I can only imagine that if he's got this catalogue of, of songs, there's going to be other songs that, you know, it's not just going to be 40 of the same song. Right. Do you know what I mean? And he's able to just skim off the top yeah, exactly. and it, it all makes sense anyway. Yeah. I have a feeling that there's going to be some really interesting yeah. 
bits in there. When it's also, I mean, we the the music of this show, the music of the Music Man is. I find so wonderfully intriguing. So this is, you know, we talk about diegesis and whether music is diegetic or non-diegetic yeah. before. And setting up the premise of your show around a whole music conceit, you know, he, he sells yeah. bands and like setting up that marching band motif and making Marion the librarian play piano and having uh-huh. that weave its way through is... yeah. First off, a wonderful technique, but then having it be a marching band, there are like there aren't marching band musicals. There aren't yeah, exactly. musicals with, with the the motif of the marching band. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I wonder if that's it. Like he wrote he wrote what he knew. Yeah, exactly. You know, and not many other people would know that. Right. Do you know what I mean? So maybe that's where he kind of hit that nail head because it was very distinct and very unique, and still is. You know, I mean, no one's kind of revisited. Like the you yeah. know the marching there's, band. There's not is like a concept. trend of oh yes the you know sixteen <laughs> marching band musicals you can choose from. No, it's they're the, the only band. ones I listen to. They're the only ones I listen to marching band musicals. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just like I really I want to just sit and talk loads about how he wrote all three things. Right? How can you do that? Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Is there anyone else who has done that? I'm sure there lyrics. must be. Uh, yeah. You want me to name one for you? Name me one. Lin Manuel Miranda. For ham. For ham, yeah. Of course. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, what I'm going to say about that is based on a book. That's true. <laughs> this is an, this is an original. I wonder, this like, is an original, original, musical, original, original, writing the book, music, and lyrics. Offhand, I can't think of... Yeah, it's really impressive. It's super impressive. It's um, really impressive. It's just like, because, I, I mean, I've written the book to a show. Yeah. I have no musical skill, and even if I did, I don't think I'd be able to do it to the point where it would be good. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Because something has to give here. Yeah. Um, and and we are but, we are cheating a little bit. Franklin Lacey helped uh, Meredith Wilson write the book, um, but mm-hmm. certainly, you know, it, it is it is. I I don't think it is unfair to give Meredith Wilson so much credit because it is his story. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's just very, because the thing is, is they're all three of them are very, very good, yeah. and it's, it's, a, it's a tight show. It's a good, yeah. good, tight, tight show. There is nothing extra in this. Because I, I remember bef- before, and before I really got to know it, I was, always, I just thought it was a Jerry Herman. Yeah, I mean, it, it Do you feels, know what I mean? it feels, it feels like yeah. a Jerry Herman. Yeah. Um, but I think it is, and it the, is more musically complex than a Jerry Herman. I would say. Ab- absolutely, yeah. absolutely, Tommy. It's. The music is fascinating. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about that. Let's, let's go in. It's no the music man. It's what to talk breathless about. Baby doll baby. No, sir, that kind of child ties knots. No sailor ever knew. I preferred to take a chance on a more adult romance. No dewy young miss who keeps resisting. All the time she keeps insisting. No bright-eyed, wholesome, innocent female. No, sir. Why, she's the fisherman, I'm the fish, you see. Plop! I flinch, I shy. When the lass with the delicate air walks by, I smile. I grin when the gal with the touch of sin walks in. I hope and I pray for Hester to win just one more A. The sadder but wiser girl's the girl for me. The sadder but wiser girl for me. Let's talk about the music of the music. Also, do you like my headings that I've put for all of these things? I've, I thought about them. <laughs> it's good. It's clever. <laughs> the music of the music man. Um, yeah, isn't that? It's full of puns. <laughs> um, 
okay. So yeah, like we, we won't go through the whole show, but let's just go through it bit by bit. Yeah, there's there's bunches um, to talk about. And no better place to start than the opening number. Rock Island. Cash for the Rock merchandise, Island. cash for the cotton goods. This this <laughs> right? It's wonderful. The so this show is usually presented without much of an overture. Um, mm-hmm. there's a couple productions that have added a little bit here and there, but for the most part, this serves the purpose of an overture a little bit. Right. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. How, but have you seen lots of productions of this? Uh, I've seen a whole bunch. I mean, there, there's a little bit of an overture. It's a, but uh-huh. all they do most times is just play 76 trombones. Um, and the movie adds a little just bit more, but like the public. Yeah. Version, Cause I was thinking because the movie does and. Does the 2003 do it as well? Uh, or I'd have to watch it again. I, in my mind, the 2003 just opens on the train. Um, yeah. It does have a bit. It does have a bit at the start. Yeah, like there's, there's a um, little bit of a musical interlude, but... Okay. I, That's, it's a great overture as well. That's a shame. Yeah. Um, um, but so Rock Island, the mm-hmm. this is, and it's real weird to say, but it's like the, the beginning of seeing rap in musical theater. Um, I know. Like, is it kind of like beat poetry yeah it's so before that even existed it's like it's totally the thing that needed to come from someone who was out there on their own like this doesn't come from the you know hammerstein to sondheim to larson line like there's yeah there's not if you know musical theater before this you would not have written this number no exactly and like, it kind of never really been written again. Like the only bit it kind of reminds me a little bit of is in Pajama Game and Steam Heat. Yeah, you know, like coal in the burner. Yeah, that kind no. of like and it's like a rhythmic that like, like percussive recitative. Yeah, like um, it was kind of a song, but kind of a beatbox. Um, uh huh. And then like, but this how clever it is that it all is like replicating the rhythm of the train and setting you up with this. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's fascinating. Yeah. And the thing is, is it's not gimmicky. No, because it's the it's the best exposition you could ever want. Exactly. It sets up the whole show. The whole <laughs> like... the whole show, and it brings you into the the world of the traveling salesman. It brings you into the time mm-hmm. period. Like, so this came out in fifty seven, but we're set what in like nineteen eleven, nineteen twelve. Um, and so the very first thing this show does is tells you we're going to be using a bunch of dated words that you don't know. Can't yep. you know what's cash for the button hooks? Cash like you know you need a biscuit. What the heck is a you need a biscuit? Uh, exactly. It became a Nabisco. <laughs> you know the word. You know that's Nabisco. Did you know that? I don't know. I don't speak American. Do you know so Nabisco makes Oreos? Uh huh. Yeah. So they're big... and that's where that came from. The Music Man. Uh, not from. So the in the Music Man, they're talking about <laughs> like. So this is this is what they're setting up. They're like, change is happening. We don't need traveling salesmen anymore because like we have packaged goods because and like this is happening and that's happening and I don't. I'm not w- doing good and I'm not doing good. But you know who is doing good? This con man, Professor Harold. Right. Hay. Um. Okay. And they're talking like it's it's fun when you know when you study the Music Man. This is where you introduce the concept of dramaturgy is like mm-hmm. you gotta look up all these things so you understand them um mm. and it's fascinating to look them up i encourage anyone who loves the music man google every word you don't know in rock island and see what it means it's wonderful yeah exactly it's fantastic um and yeah so it sets you up really really nicely mm-hmm. um and i think it also sets you up for the fact that the show is going to be a bit weird yeah do you know what i mean the show in, will in do its, different weird things in it, especially in its kind of musical construction yeah exactly exactly and it's not 
it, it's almost like you know welcome to this weird hyper realistic uh you know near melodrama style yeah. um have have a good time yeah exactly do you know what i mean because then it, it all ends in this joke right where harold tells on the train the whole time and walks away and you know flashes right. his suitcase exactly. and everyone's i like, don't believe i dropped Rah! it yeah um Oh, it's wonderful. And like, even the things that it does, like, he's a music man. He's a what? He's a what? He's a music man. Wink. Um, and what do you talk? What do you talk? What do you right, talk? Like, do you talk? I love to, that guy in the OBC. It, I love that guy. Oh, it's so good. The whole thing is good. <laughs> it's such a, a wonderfully constructed performed number every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the opening. Yeah. And then you're just a hop, skip, and a jump away from the best song in the show, in my opinion. Yeah. So, you got trouble? Uh, you got trouble. Right here. What do you, tell, me, tell me what you like about You Got Trouble. I just love it because it's cool. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just like, I've, t- I've talked about this before in the podcast. I love, um, I love, uh, you know, I love fast rap mm. and I love um, lots of words. Yeah. Uh, and this has lots of words. Yeah. It's not rap, no. but it's got lots of words. Yeah. Um, and that's fun because I see that as a challenge. Yeah. And it right? it always makes me so interested so it the i've read varying accounts on this but robert preston is not a great singer um uh-huh. and that you got trouble was specifically catered to him i wonder yes. when that happened if meredith wilson had been shopping this musical around for so long um like it did it happen that they wrote it for like that it happened to work out for robert preston or did he write it after he was on board or how did mm-hmm. that all work out and then what precipitates out of that i think opening with Rock Island, this kind of rap non-sung song that is Mm -hmm. not sung by Robert Preston sets you up to be okay to have a lead who has a bunch of songs where he doesn't sing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like a a really interesting meld of a construction to like make it all okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it it fits absolutely because it is that kind of like, I'm a shyster and I'm going to hit you with all these phrases. And rap, didn't exist yet yeah so we you know and like this could be a great rap number yeah if it it, it was in the contemporary setting yeah exactly that's what it would be um so i feel like it it fits the character so well um and it's just so much fun i still can't learn i've been trying for so long i can do the whole thing can you either you're closing your eyes to a situation you do not wish to acknowledge or you're not aware of the caliber of disaster indicated by the presence of a pool table in your community I'm not going to do the whole thing. Well, you got trouble. I also, I can, Mm -hmm. I can imagine you being able to do that. I can imagine you in a little boater. Uh, I mean, like as a, like seven year old running around my bedroom doing, you know, um, I suppose that's like, so you've grown up with this. If you've had the time, I haven't, I haven't. Oh man. And like, once you get, it flows so well, like, and it feels so satisfying. To be yeah, able but to I can do sing it. every word in cats. So <laughs> you put that away. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you know who does my favorite version of it? Who? I've written it right there. The one and only. The one and only Patty LePone. <laughs> I I've seen it. It's fabulous. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, it's not my favorite version, obviously, but it's just great because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Oh yeah, every single word. Just fab. What a woman. Yeah. That's in the show notes. Yeah, that, that's absolutely. Pr- pretty much the reason why I wanted pa- to do Patty LePone <laughs> doing "You Got Trouble" gives the world life. Exactly, and the little game that she does at start is great fun as well. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, then. Uh huh. On the flip side of all of these weird, funky songs... Our, our Marion songs. Till There Was You. Absolutely. My White Knight, which I often fast forward through on the movie. Don't tell anyone. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's fine. It's a ballad. It's, Who likes it's them? Like a long ballad. <coughs> I do like Tilda Was Yeah. Television is so like I didn't realize it was from Music Man until I listened to Music Man and realized it. But I I generally figured it was an R and H. I was like, oh, it's from I don't know from like Carousel huh. or you know Flower Drum Song because I've never watched that, so it's probably from that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's it sounds like a masterful female ballad. It's just so good, right? And so oh, I feel like we're getting into the trap of saying it's so good. I've, we've said it quite a That's lot, okay. this one. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it. We'll, we'll be better. I'll just cut, I'll, I'll bleep them all out or something. <laughs> um, if this is a YouTube video, we'd do one of those like, ironic counts. Yeah. I do, thing in the I corner. do, I go back and forth on um, uh, Marion's strength in this show. You know, we're in, we're in the 50s, so certainly we're not empowering women in the big ways we try to do now. Um, mm-hmm. And she does fall for the con man in exactly the way you would expect. And there are parts of her that are absolutely stalwart and strong and like better than a lot of other uh, uh, female archetypes in some mm. pieces of musical theater. But Till, Till There Was You goes back and forth. It's like, you know, oh, been, I'm taken with you. Marion the librarian mm-hmm. absolutely falls into like, oh, oh, you man, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like, woo me with your voice, which mm-hmm. is, it's a fun number that I have problems with on a bigger level. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, she's not, I, I don't look at Marion Peru as the quintessential strong female role. Right, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And like, because if you think of the other ones that like this time, you know, with Guys and Dolls, we talked about that already with Adelaide. Right. And in some ways that she does have little stronger moments. Exactly. And I think... It, I don't even think Marion really has them. I, every every once in a while. I mean, she's the strong woman in the town. She's the knowledgeable woman in the town. Yeah, she's very intelligent. And I like that. Yeah, and she, I really, really like and that. And she like, she, you know, the other women in the town hate her because she doesn't have a husband. Mm-hmm. When a woman's got yeah. a husband and you've got none, why should you take advice from you? Like that, she gets yeah. some of her power and her strength from that. Um, exactly. And then it is, it's that it's like, she's Belle. Yeah. She's Laurie. Yeah. And, Do you know what I mean? She's And then and she needs uh, uh Harold Hill coming in and being like, No, 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 you should give some time to Marion, you know, uh people of women of River City. And they're like, Okay, yes, please, book club. Um Exactly. And you know But the reason the reason that he targets her mm-hmm. is because she's dangerous. Right, exactly. Because she's <laughs> you know? the one who knows music. <laughs> exactly. Um, which is funny. Yeah. Uh so yeah, but you know, character aside, the song itself yeah. is absolutely fab. Yeah. Um, sing it in auditions. I love that in auditions because. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, again, we'll get it to it in a minute. But over here, it no one ever picks until there was you. Really? So I would say in yeah. a, I would say in America, maybe think twice. Um, yeah. Okay. Fair. I feel like but in America, you, I've, I've me, heard that in some of those overdone musical theater song medleys. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to uh, we'll get to the the heading in a second. It's the next one, guys. <laughs> yeah. So don't be don't be afraid. Um, you just sang it earlier. Piano lesson. Piano lesson again. What's that about? Right. Well, like... it's it's wonderful that it like start like this is the diegetic, non diegetic, wonderful like melding. Like uh-huh. it's you know is she singing to the piano lesson and like you start bum 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 and then the whole orchestra comes in, but certainly the orchestra's not in her house. Um, it's so cool. I really like Piano Lesson. I love it. I really love it because it's so, to me, it feels really contemporary. Yeah. Yeah. And like, that's an, if that was in a musical today, I'd be like, oh, innovative. Yeah. Cool. And like, do you know what I mean? And this is the 50s. Yeah. It never, it, 
this this show does a really for a show that could easily fall into the trap of bursting out into song this show does mm-hmm. a really good job of easing us into every number there's a reason you know there's a reason pretty much we're singing in every number um mm-hmm. they all start kind of with a diegetic bent except maybe um some of harold hill's songs but yeah. a lot of the other ones, either inspired by the piano or the barbershop quartet is singing because they're singing or, uh, you know, what's his face is singing Shapoopy because he's singing like, uh-huh. it's cool. It's neat. It works. Yeah, it's very neat. Um, yeah, you just mentioned the barbershop there. Yeah. Not fascinating as well. There's barbershop quartet. The Buffalo Bills. They're wonderful. <laughs> and they're, and like, how, like, yes, they're, you know, we're the school board and the barbershop quartet. Um, exactly. It's why not? Yeah, and what <laughs> I just I, honestly, like, I can't get over how I find it just fascinating that this is in the fifties, right? I love their the light a rose, will I ever tell you? Point counterpoint, um, mm. like this. This is where I think Meredith Wilson's musicality outshines um, some some other stuff of the era, um, and this most stuff of the era. Yeah, yeah, I would say like, I would say that's why. I mean, you know. They, I'm sure Westside gave them a run for their money. Um, like Lenny, Lenny Bernstein can score an orchestra. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He can give you a powerful number. Yeah. The quintet's fantastic. But when it comes to kind of technical musical theatre... Yeah, like really in, in that pocket, right in that musical theatre. Like this scratches my musical theatre itch. Exactly, exactly. Um, this, is, this is smart musical yeah. theatre writing. It, it, but like Lenny's got great... Op- like operatic and classical writing mm-hmm. techniques, right? Um, but this this feels here, in that in that pop musical theater, you know, it, it it feels like Tetris pieces falling right in place exactly where you expect them to. Totally, and it does, like you say, it scratches that itch. I think when you've written it, like seventy six trombones, yeah, and Good Night My Someone. Well, so you're listening to. This is what so lighter rose will I ever tell you? Right, that's a point counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Seventy six mm-hmm. trombones, Good Night My Someone, that's a point counterpoint. Exactly. And um, this is on that vinyl. My White Knight and the Sadder But Wiser Girl, despite never being sung together in the final show, are also mm-hmm. point-counterpoint. You can sing those songs as a duet. Really? Yeah, and go back and forth. And how fascinating. My White Knight and the Sadder But Wiser Girl. Um, and they're both singing about their individual way. love interests and what they want in a partner. I'm just trying to sing it in my head. To see if it works. There's, I only heard it once, and I couldn't find it again. I'll, I'll search real hard for the show notes. But if someone else knows where this is, I'm pretty sure it's these two together. And you can hear, I can't, um, I can't do it. I can't do it. And you but can yeah. hear, you can hear Meredith Wilson and Rini Wilson on the vinyl singing the point counterpoint on it. That's so cute. It's really adorable. Um, and like it, it's, it's. That's so interesting. I didn't know and it, that. And it got cut. It's not in the final show. Um, I mean, fair, because otherwise it would get tired. Because right. it's like, we did it again, guys. Yeah, exactly. So it's almost nicer that they didn't do it and it's left for people to discover. I love that. Yeah. Um, I'm well into it's that. It's cool. And the thing is, is it will psycholo- it psychologically links them. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I feel about 76 trom- trombones and Goodnight My Someone. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, it happens in the end and they do link them. Right. But when you hear the initial songs, They're, when you hear Goodnight My Someone, they never sound like, like they belong I, together. I know that. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, I know that kind of melody somewhere. Yeah. Where is it from? And you don't realize that you've just heard it five minutes ago in the show. Exactly. Um, and, and that is that is the musical cleverness that is so far beyond like my comprehension. How do you get 
there how do you write you know they they don't sound like a duet it doesn't sound like a reprise that's slightly different that's using you know the same chord progression you're like oh haha that's gonna turn into this like you would never guess yeah 76 trombones and goodnight my someone to be next to each other and like yeah the, the, exactly yeah it's it's because again like my white knight sad about wiser girl like it's you know they're contrasting songs in their own right yep. because they're you know who i want and who i want yep. um so that makes sense, but you know the others don't. But yet, they're they they do work to you know yeah. I mean, they do link. It's it's just really smart. Yeah. I just think well, like bloody hell, the whole the whole it's for for what happened <laughs> for what seems to an audience member as just kind of a simple, straightforward musical. Um, it, it has a lot of complexity buried deep inside of it. Um, what's 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 your favorite song? Oh man. Um, because you love this show. I love this show. I like I'm getting this more than any other show we've ever done. I really you. I really like, just have really a soft spot this. adoration for this show. This show was a big part of my childhood. Um this was one of the first movie musicals and then therefore musicals I saw and I remember seeing and it's one of the first shows like when our community theater was doing it and I was like, "Oh, The Music Man. I know that. I want to go see it." Oh, that's mm-hmm. the part where they and I'm going to buy the cast album. My and like, "Oh, but wait, there's this cast album with Craig Bierko. Who's that? He sounds silly." Um, like <laughs> it's I really adore the show and that's I great. like Harold Hill is right up my alley. Like that's yeah. you know, there's cast call, casting call for Harold Hill. Count me in, please. You're right there. I w- I will be Amazing. in front of the line, ready to go, beard shaved and everything. Um, uh, <laughs> that would be weird, right? Crazy. Have I ever seen you without a beard? Uh, only at night. Um, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. I don't want to do this anymore. Um, um, I mean, I. The, you know, uh, of favorite songs, of ones we haven't talked about, I really uh-huh. enjoy. Uh, oh, it's the other point counterpoint we didn't talk. Pick a little, pick a little talk a little, talk and good night, ladies. Yeah, um, yeah. But man, the the River City Women with uh, you <laughs> lately, McKechnie Shin. Um, <laughs> and now uh, make a spectacle of my wife. Um, it's man. Yeah. That's all. Do you think, you know, we talked about in Hamilton mixtape, mm-hmm. um, and we talked about, you know, more kids being called Hamilton. Uh-huh. I think in 1957, lots of kids were being called Eulalie <laughs> and Amaryllis. God, I hope not. <laughs> I wonder... What even is that name? I wonder like, if more people were called, come from? were called Harold. Um, yeah, because that's the only normal name in the show. <laughs> Eulalie. Winthrop. Marion. Winthrop. Marion. Amaryllis. Marion's kind of normal. Yeah, but she's called Marion Peru. That's true. You know what I mean? There's something weird going on there. <laughs> something weird. Endless night. 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We kind of started to segue there. And I want to get right into it. Uh The first time I heard about the show was not even about the show. It was on The Simpsons. That is bizarre to me. It's the monorail song? Bonafide motorized monorail. So that was my first exposure, and I didn't realize I was being exposed to the Music Man at that stage. I didn't encounter the Music Man again until, like, 2010? Wow. Right. I was already very old. That is um, that is so bizarre to me. <laughs> yeah. Exa- well, this is, what, this is what I'm saying. So th- this show doesn't really exist in the UK. Okay. Um, there has been two productions uh-huh. in the UK. There was a West End production back in the day. Okay. I think it was like 61. Like right around when it was popular in the US. Kind of a transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was like four years after. Okay. And if it was, it would have been running probably still over there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So Come they were on. like, this is popular. Um, Let's do it here. Yeah. And it, it ran for about a year. Okay. Um, then <clears throat> there was a, it doesn't count as a West End revival because it wasn't West End. It was like a regional production uh-huh. um, in the Chichester Festival Theatre who did uh, Sweeney, Gypsy, yeah. Singing in the Rain, the great productions of Yore. Um, but this wasn't one of the great productions of Yore because it did nothing. It just existed in Chichester. It didn't tour. It didn't go to West End. Huh. Um, and it had it had uh, Brian, Con- uh, Brian Conley there, yeah. um, who you won't know, but if Brits out there will know. Um, so he he recently, most famously, uh, played P.T. Barnum. In a, in Barnum? In Barnum. Um, and it's one of those, if you can play Barnum, you can play Harold Hill. That's true. They're, vice ba- versa. they're both hucksters. Um, yeah, it's great casting. Yeah. It's really, really great casting. Um, so I, I don't know why it didn't work. That's so interesting. I mean, as we've said, this, is a, this, this musical is American to the core, but I think in a different way than as we've talked about Hamilton, where Hamilton is like specifically about American history and like really explicit mm-hmm. American things. This one mm-hmm. is just kind of implicitly American. And like, yeah, and in the same way that most musicals are. Yeah, I guess that's true. It is, it is Do you know what I mean? a more Amerocentric so, art form. So what is it? Yeah. Why? Why? Why I would, is it not? I weird? would wager so spitballing, but I would wager a couple things. Um, I think s- certainly we're talk. It is set in America, and there are, you know, although a lot of the references it's making are like a step and a half away from my contemporary experience. It's only mm-hmm. a step and a half away. Um, whereas mm-hmm. maybe across the pond, the idea of a traveling salesman is a little more ridiculous. Like you don't. You might have door-to-door salesmen in the UK, mm-hmm. but like traveling salesmen that. that have to get on, like that was how people to a certain extent got goods in America. A guy would show mm-hmm. up and he was the one who sold you anvils and you hope that you know, yeah. anvils and then like a week later an anvil will show up after you ordered it um, or probably more like a month in those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like that is kind of essentially American just by um, I don't, just kind of in actuality um yeah and, and is so core to the conceit of this like the concept of a traveling salesman is vital to the existence of the plot of a music man 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think it's a particularly difficult concept to grasp. I'm not like, God, you're kid- you're trying to tell me that people had to travel <laughs> to sell things in this really big country. I guess that's what's true. going on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? So it's not like it's not like it's it's challenging in any way, right? Do you know? What I mean, there's there's nothing here that's like, what like, I, wow, can't, I don't understand. This is that. a this is a culture shock. That's to true. Me. It's not. Yeah, do you know? And we're British. Like this is the the ideologies being touted in Iowa. Mm-hmm are very British. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, it's Mary Poppins. It, that is like, true. This kind of stout, like, you know, we we will be nice to you, but that's it. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, think of other things at, at that time. Guys and dolls, yeah. right? The um, very American seat of a gangster. We don't have gangsters, and we never really have had gangsters. Yeah. Um, we've had mafioso, and but even then... Right, that's still... That isn't really a part of the UK. Yeah, you're just kind of reaching. Um, yeah. So, but yet, Guys and Dolls is huge yeah. and always has been huge over yeah. here um so then so what the other what i was sorry can i yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry can yeah, i just yeah. ask a question so um what how does guys and dolls compare to the music man in your country um i mean people know both uh it's always i'm you know stuck in my musical theater bubble um yeah they exactly. would, yeah do that i think if, if you asked someone who had a casual relationship with musical theater they would put guys and dolls and the music man in the same kind of like core popular musical theater bubble um yeah you know i would also put something like fiddler on the roof there um uh-huh. just like this this is musical theater history um yeah you know it they're popular high school shows um and by today's tastes inoffensive and content matter there's probably mm-hmm. like if i listed the songs you've probably heard a couple even if you haven't tried to um you know, everyone has heard something of 76 trombones. Um, See, so th- so this is it. Like, over here, we just don't have any of that. Like, say, so my first exposure, uh-huh. and I hope someone listening will understand this and appreciate this, um, was when uh, the, the eventual winner of Over the Rainbow, which we've talked about before. Right. <laughs> I love that we keep coming back to it. <laughs> um, the talent show to search for a Dorothy. And um, for those of us, um, she sang 76 trombones. She sang 76 um, trombones? She did. It wasn't very good. I could probably find the clip. It, it was such fine. A, no, it was fine. That's such a silly um, choice for... I mean, she's auditioning for Dorothy, right? Yeah. Well, basically, so I think this the story for her story, uh-huh. I think this was to try and like bring her out of her shell. Uh-huh. Okay. Do you know? So it was like upbeat. Upbeat. And like... But it's... Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? I, there was some good choreography to it as well. But um, that was like I was like, oh, I don't have a clue what that's from. <laughs> um, and this was this was me getting towards the big beginnings of my music theater geekery. Right. Um, and I was like, right, okay, I really need to know because someone's gonna ask me. Yeah. And I'm not gonna have an answer. So I, I researched. And I was and like, oh, okay. Oh, man. the music man. Cool. And even then, I still didn't realize how big it was across the pond. Yeah. I mean, do you know what I mean? So so big and, that we don't even know. Like it's just, oh yeah, the music man. That it's would, just ah, it's just that would be my assessment. Do you know what I mean? Like the music band, yeah. that musical. And so it kind of harks me back to what we did. We're almost developing a narrative in the podcast. I love <laughs> this. It harks me back to a Christmas story. Okay, where we're saying a Christmas story doesn't exist over here either. Yeah, that's. Do you know what I mean? I wonder. And what what do they have in common? They're we are reliable with the ladies. <laughs> yes, uh, no, they are proper. You know. Backwards, yeah, not backwards. That's not but the right like, term. What would I say? Midwest, like they share this kind of Midwest mentality, this American Midwest mentality. 
Um, exactly. Which is which is my youth. Like, between if you averaged the Music Man and a Christmas Story, like though that's that's <laughs> you would have every relative I have lived in one of those two places. Yeah, like yeah. that's my upbringing. Somewhere between like kind of suburban and kind of rural, but towns in in both senses. Um, right, and that like that really like politeness to a point, and like we're gonna yeah. be kind. And goodbye. Um, yeah, exactly. Like that. That I I feel that I get that. That is what I was brought up on. Um, uh, you were brought up on the Iowa stubborn. The Iowa stubborn, which is crazy because Illinois is not quite like Iowa in a lot of ways. No. Other than I think we share a lot of the same Midwestern politeness. You know. Yeah. Um, it's that's fascinating. So is that, I know. So is that it? Because there's there's a little there's a commonality. I mean, maybe. Um, and maybe that kind of something about that kind of um setting or mentality or moral form just isn't appealing to a British audience. I would be you know it's so British. I would be. It's, I know. It's but so British. It's so London. I I wonder. I would be interested to. It, it makes me want to like seek out other pieces of art that sit in that kind of mentality and see mm-hmm. what the reception is on both fronts. Yeah, exactly. There we go. There's a there's a thesis yeah. for us to write. Yeah. This is the first the first published work by Jim and Tomic. <laughs> the so then the other question I have, which was the other spitball I had of maybe this why this isn't popular. Um mm-hmm. this is a marching band musical. This is John Philip Sousa, like loud brass, mm-hmm. big trombones, which is very American, so American mm-hmm. that we would term this kind of music patriotic. Um yep. on on account of like John Philip Sousa, like a lot of the actual things mentioned in this. Yeah. How does yeah, yeah, yeah. how does that read where you are? I would say probably in the same way that the traveling salesman thing does. We understand that we don't have it, yeah. but we know what it is. Yeah. And we know why it exists. Yeah. I mean like Do you know s- what I mean? silly question, but are marching bands a thing in England, in the UK? No. Nah. No. Nah. Um I don't I mean I don't know. Okay. <laughs> and we have we have obviously have like pipe bands and things like that. Okay. Um You're talking you're talking bagpipes when you say pipes. I, yes, exactly. Um, so that's as close as we can that's get. So, but we so don't have we don't have like. I, dum, I wonder dum, dum, if dum. you know it's just a simpler thing then because every high school in America worth their salt has a marching band. Um, yeah. Every sports event you'll ever see, if at all possible, will have a performance by a marching band. Every uh-huh. parade that exists will just have a marching band in it. Because and are they still? Do they still have like the hat? Oh and yeah, the twirly absolutely. Thing? The twirly and, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like that's part of it. Um, and it's just entertaining. So There's no symbolism there. It's like I throw the thing in the air and I catch it. Isn't that amazing? Um, <laughs> it is. But yeah, like, uh-huh. that's basically okay. it. And so I wonder if that's actually why at least contemporarily the music man has bigger things here because then that trickles down exactly into the world i've been in the music mm-hmm. man becomes an easier show to do as a high school because it's popular it has simpler mm-hmm. songs you can cast a boy whose voice is changing and can't sing in the lead role yes you can uh-huh. have the marching band that you already have play most of the music for it you can steal mm-hmm. the marching band outfits from the you know last seasons marching band outfits so they look a little outdated from the closet and just do this americana show with all the stuff you kind of have and i wonder if just like its existence in high school or in high schools has just made it more in the in in the zeitgeist of america hmm 
Very, very potentially. I mean, it's like I've never even seen an amateur production of it. Really? Advertised. Like we, I, Ad, like advertised. I, I, I bet you, like if with very, with very little searching, I could find a production of this that I could travel to in this month or next month locally yeah, where I live. Yeah, I don't, I don't doubt it. But so it's, it, I guess it's really interesting. Do you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make a public campaign. Yeah. Right. Do more music. We'll man? Make a hashtag. Do me, bring music man to the UK because it's so good. It's so good. I'm sick and tired of people just doing like, oh, we'll just do Oklahoma again yeah. because we can't think of exactly. what else to do. Stop doing Oklahoma. No. It's great. I love it. Stop doing it. Do the music yeah. man instead. And like if and then do the pajama game because it's also great. And that's but, true. Do you know and, what I mean? And like if you're doing Oklahoma because it's simple because it's achievable, music man is the same. Music man mm-hmm. is on that same level, whatever that is. Like if you have and it's just. It's just a more entertaining evening. Yeah, that's... Yeah. It's such an... Inter- what an, an audience would love it. It's wonderful. Well, um, and it's like, man, in... At the end of... So you've never seen a live production? No. Christ, no. The Near the end of Act 2, the chase? They do a chase. Yeah, when... I don't even know when the acts separate. Oh, uh, it's right... So <laughs> act, act 1 ends right after the Wells Fargo wagon. Um, oh, okay. It's the band instruments. So they get instruments. the instruments. Um, they get the instruments. They get handed out. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's, it's really, it's wonderful in the progression because um, Marion sees the band instruments arrive, realizes how excited Winthrop is to get the instrument, rips the page out of the book because that's when she changed her mind about Harold Hill and the act ends and you're like, what happens next? It's beautiful. Right. It's right where the act break goes. Um, Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, there you go. So yeah, do it, the UK. Music man, do it more there. <laughs> I mean, I implore you. Um, oh, I didn't mention about Patty Lapone. Oh yeah. Uh, I now can't remember what I went. <laughs> oh yeah, like so. The is the reason why she knows it mm-hmm. because it's in your lifeblood as a as a country. Oh, I'm sure, especially if she's, I mean? if she's in um, musical theater land. Um, yeah, like it's just uh, like. I'm so annoyed because I want that. Yeah. I want to have that. Oh no, it's it's wonderful. <laughs> like I want to know all the words. I feel like it's a club. Yeah. You guys. I'm surprised you you you're really gonna like the video of mine that you haven't seen. My music man one. It's a lot of fun. I'm very excited. Um, I'm very very excited. And like when so it's a parody of you got trouble and I wrote it without the the actual. It's a parody of the lyrics and I wrote it without the original lyrics in front of me just because. Uh, it's like I can just run through it, and you know, it'd be like if I needed to write parody lyrics to Mary Had a Little Lamb, like you know, uh-huh. boom, boom, boom. Oh my god, there's so many of them. Well done. I'm really in awe. Like I am in <laughs> awe. With a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. Now I know all you folks are the right kind of parents. I'm going to be perfectly frank. Would you like to know what kind of conversation goes on while they're loafing around that hall? They'll be trying out Bevo, trying out Cubabs, trying out Taylor Mates like cigarette fiends. And bragging all about how they're going to cover up a telltale breath with Sen Sen. One fine night, they leave the pool hall, heading for the dance at the armory. Libertine men and scarlet women and ragtime, shameless music that'll grab your son, your daughter, with the arms of a jungle, animal instinct, masteria. Friends, the idle brain is the devil's playground. Trouble, oh, right here in River City. Where the capital T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. That We've surely got trouble. We've surely got trouble. Right here in River City. Right here. Gotta figure out a way to keep the young ones moral after school. Our children, children, gonna have trouble. Now let's get into Mothers the proper Jim and Tomic meat. That's true. <laughs> we, we live in interesting times. <laughs> yes, exactly. And interesting measures must be called for. Yeah. Basically, 
is I'll just say what I've written here. Okay. Is this the great in inverted commas America that Trump wants us to hark back to? I think this is the great when Trump says make America great again, he's saying two things on two different levels, right? Yeah. I think this is the innocuous great America that Trump is trying to paint in your mind if you're not thinking too hard about it. Um, Mm -hmm. And let's remember, this America of the music ban never existed, right? This was created by Meredith Wilson in the 1950s about his childhood through rose-colored nostalgia lenses, right? Yeah. This is not a gritty recreation of you know, homesteading in Iowa, turning into a foundational town. Like there's, we're already a couple degrees of separation from reality. Um, yeah. But it is interesting to talk about because, um, and I find this fascinating. So this, not having grown up with um, the music man, this might not be the, this question might not have its intent for you, Jimmy, but I pose mm-hmm. this to an audience member. What would you do if you went to see a production of The Music Man where Harold Hill was black? Right? Absolutely. No, I, I completely, completely, utterly agree. And this is what I want to talk about in this section. I completely and utterly agree. Yeah, like this is, and so, and this is the difference, and I think it's wonderfully fascinating if you watch the uh, Robert Preston movie, and if you watch yeah. the Matthew Broderick movie. Oh my God. For Oh For as painful as parts of the Matthew Broderick movie are, it is, and this was a thing that I'm more and more convinced the wonderful world of Disney was doing in its time period. It is more racially diverse than any actual Iowan town has any right to be. Um, Yeah, and has ever been. Right, exactly. And it's right off the bat. Yeah. The, The first person to sing is black, and they are literally saying, listen... The first movie, yes, that was a really bad issue in the first film. Yep. We get this. We're not going to have that yeah. this time but so around. This is this is this is the debate, and this is the question. And I have I have an opinion about this, but I want to present it without the opinion first. Um, mm-hmm. In 1912, Iowa, America, the people yep. who exist in this story would have been white. Yeah, pretty much all of them. Um, 150%. Um, you know, there, you could make arguments, I think, here and there. Maybe um, uh, Buddy Hackett's character, um, whose name I actually don't remember, Shapoopy guy. Yep. Uh-huh. Because he works but would, in the feed but stable. But would, be fr- would he be best yeah, friends would with he be Harold best friends Hill? with Howard Hill? I mean, if he would be, then we'd be drawing some kind of implicit comparison between the CD con man and the black guy. Um, yep. And so, like, on the one hand, there is that kind of quote-unquote, historical accuracy. Yeah. On the other hand, because this is a musical, this isn't Hairspray, this isn't Ragtime, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. why can't you have a more racially diverse cast? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think it's important to think about Hello Dolly here. Yeah. um, And what they did with Hello Dolly, because it's the same kind of setting. Yep. Do you know what I mean? It's, It's... Where's where's Hello Dolly set? Uh, uh, pretty much, uh, for all intents and purposes, the same time, maybe plus or minus yeah. a decade, but not by much. Yeah. We're still in horse-drawn yeah. carriage, telegram land. Like People are still wearing those things wrapped around their sleeves. Yeah. 
drinking sarsaparilla like it's that it's that time yeah. you know i mean the the basically the equality act hadn't been passed right. yet and so and so it's um, the same dilemma are you are you minimalizing the non-white person's story by putting them in something that is kind of you know white bread and fluffy clouds mm-hmm. or are you being inclusive by including these black actors in this show Exactly. And I think, so I think what 2003 did is the right way to do it. Because now, yeah. now it's like, and for you, and I'm speaking as an American here, uh-huh. um, now it's mythology right. for you guys. Exactly. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So you can do whatever the hell you want. Exactly. Yeah. And, be, and because the there's you nothing want. explicit there about race, about the color of your skin, yeah. then there's no reason to not do it. Like, it's where, in my mind, I would have no problem going to see you know, a show with a black Harold Hill to the point where I yeah. wouldn't even think about considering having a problem with that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know there are some tiny towns in America where like if a if a touring production of Music Man came through with a black Harold Hill, there would be some church moms who would raise their eyebrows a little bit. Um Yeah. Which is, you know, it's where we Stupid. live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so do you know what? It's actually quite interesting. In the in the the book, I forgot what, I forgot what it's called, The Great White Way. Yeah, we've talked about it before. I think we talked about it back in Hollow Dolly. Um, there's they they there's they actually include Music Man in a chapter. They do. Um, with alongside West Side Story, yeah. which makes sense. Which makes sense. Um, so they were up against each other at the Tonys in fifty. Exactly. 50, it must have been fifty eight by the time they made it around fifty seven. Yeah. 58. And and so I definitely would pose the question. Well, let's say if you asked a Brit, uh-huh. hey. Uh, in 1958, 1957, whatever it was, uh, who won the Tony? Was it West's Story or was it The Music Man? Mm-hmm. And I bet you, uh, the, everyone would say West Side Story Absolutely. because people over here would be like, "What? What is that Music Man thing?" Right. Um, but to me, it makes perfect sense why West Side Story didn't win, yeah. and, and Music Man won. And par- in those days, part of the thesis of Great White Way is that like people are more okay, like people are more okay with this kind of feel good. Americana musical than they are with West Side Story, which is very explicitly about gang race. Like mm-hmm. they're two rival gangs separated down race lines, basically. Exactly, exactly. And it's saying that, hey, this is a problem. Yeah. And do you know what I mean? That and I, who, the, it looks like the the Broadway World and the Tony Awards panel wasn't ready. Wasn't ready uh, to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> um, is, which nowadays sounds fascinating to the point of absurdity i know i know so because what i think what i think about now is i'm like okay well here we are mm-hmm. um in 2016 uh-huh. where uh, it's 2017 for some for in 2016 okay tw- here we are in 2017 uh-huh. right and a lot of this stuff is being tossed back up in the air again yeah right yeah okay and we've just had hamilton yep. right it just it, i find it fascinating they were in an, the opposite world uh-huh do you know what I mean? We're in the mirror world yeah. here, where Hamilton is the yes, thank you very much, um, and something like you know, Bright Star mm-hmm. is the one that gets snubbed. The Americentric, right? Uh, you know, bluegrass, homegrown yeah. thing is the one that gets snubbed in the face of this right. equality-driven message, force-pounded thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like you know we're still th- tossing up in the yeah. air all of these yeah. race issues but it, it does um, we've we've you know 
it's it it feels like you can point at it and be like, we've made progress. Yeah, exactly. We've gone forward. We're not there. There's plenty more to do, but Hamilton won and is wildly popular. West Side Story did not and was not. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that, I find it really, really interesting that that we've, we've, you know, we've we've come to this stage. Um, I don't know if we answered the question of, is this the great America that Trump wants to talk back to? Yeah. like who knows it's who true. the hell i mean who does he know uh, no. no he doesn't, know. <laughs> he doesn't um i will i will say and this is absolutely an american thing and it, you should absolutely use this as humor um great america is a theme park is it there's a whole bunch of them six flags great america in america um right and so i enjoy the concept of make great america again like let's just build a theme park again oh my god let right I love sounds, theme parks. Make Great America Again sounds like so much more fun than Make America Great Again. Exactly. Maybe that's what he just meant. Maybe. He was just confused. He just <laughs> wanted a roller coaster ride. Who does it? <laughs> right? Who does it? So, that was The Music Man. The Music Man. The Music Man. The Music Man. What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? <laughs> Still think he's the best thing the whole the whole OBC. <laughs> well, you, you should make that your text tone on your phone. I would. I will. You absolutely should. I can should. do that. The technology exists. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, We're going to be in a podcast so- like three weeks from now, and in the middle background, you're going to hear, What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? Oh. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, exactly. Um, we've got a quiz question for you we do. for next week. What is it, Jimmo? That's weird. I'm Mio. never, never going to You've never called me Jimmo. I quite like it. <laughs> no, I, I'm fine. I'm open. I call you Mr. T. I call you T. I don't think you call me anything. No, uh, no I, ne- I try to never say your name as much as possible. Fair. I hate it. <laughs> um, Bob Dylan. Uh-huh. Who? Bob Dylan? Who, what musical did he write? This is the quiz question, right? <laughs> Yeah, I know. A different podcast? Uh, Bob Dylan became aroused straight away by the raw intensity of the songs in this musical. What musical was it? That is a great question. What? You thought thought that Music One was easy? Well, we hit you back in the face, everyone. Or maybe not. Maybe everyone knows that. I know everyone's like we get more than yeah, ever. Don't don't um, don't, don't call our, our fans off too early. Um, by the way, uh, turn of events. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna be at Broadway Con. Like in two days. I'm not. By the time you're listening, yeah, to this. exactly. Literally two days. <laughs> um, yeah, Tommy's gonna be over there. Yeah. You're gonna be running some shows. I'm, do- I'm doing some things. I might be doing some other things. Just track me down. Don't know where I am. Tweet at me. I'll let you know. Yeah, go find him. Yeah. I, I, don't tweet at me because I won't be there and I'll be upset 
but it's okay. Yeah, don't rub it in. Just you wait for West End Con. <laughs> hey, it's not. It, it'll happen. You'll make it happen. Will it? Someone will make it happen. Will it? Exactly. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, as usual, I am Musical Mash on Twitter or Musical Theater Mash on the YouTubes. And if you want to get in touch with me, I am Asin Hendricks on Twitter and YouTube. Or our combo Twitter at Jim and Tomic. Combo. Combo. Uh, or you can go to our website, jimandtomic.com, which has the link to our Reddit discussion where we will be chatting away. Uh, tell your friends about our podcast. Or you can hop on over to iTunes uh, and drop us a little review over there. That'd be really nice. And with that, we'll see you next Wednesday. What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? Yeah, when when Eulalie McKechnie Shin goes, Balzac! Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists. What they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.